0: I'm going to start right off with a couple of verses, and just kind of get our mind thinking about what I'm going to talk about for the next half hour. The first one is there; it's on your outline there, and it'll be on the screen. Is be transformed by the renewing of your mind. If you're thinking about laying a foundation for success in your life, one of the things it starts with your mind being renewed. And, and the the other verse related to that is that that you may be renewed in the spirit of your mind. At the very core, the very spirit of your mind. And that you would put on the new self, which in the likeness of God has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. Now, that's a big verse, a lot in there. I'm not going to unpack it totally. But you do have, if you've become a believer in Christ, if you commit committed your life to Jesus Christ as the Savior and Lord of your life, then you've been given a new self. There's actually a new identity. There's something deep down at the core of your being and your mind needs to be renewed based upon what is true about you at your core. And this is a very important process that you go through. And if you get your mind around, that has a lot to do with your faith, the promise of God. You get you Your mind around that, that will transform your life as you look at it. There's a lot of people would agree in psychology and all kinds of philosophies and most religions is that whatever you think about, you become like. Whatever you think about most of the time, you move towards that. What goals you have, your mind sets a goal, and you move towards that. So you're going to want to make sure it's the right goal, that you're heading towards the right things. And look at and, and part of what I'm going to talk about today, I find it fascinating. I've read several books lately. I'm not a neuroscientist, but I've read several books on this. And I find it really fascinating on how that applies to practical, everyday life situations. And, What it means to renew the mind. And there's a little uh, screen here, a little slide here on the screen. That is actually a picture of a brain cell. It looks like a tree, doesn't it? And uh, some brain cells are just kind of getting started. They're just a little twig, just a little sprout. Some of them are big, well formed trees. They actually have mass. Ideas actually have mass in your brain. They're not just something, it's just you create these things in your brain. Your mind can literally be. Renewed, you can rewire your brain. This is you know this is this is what they're studying. They can actually get into microscopes and they can kind of look in there and look at these things that are happening in brain cells at, at this level now, and it's just it's just fascinating. And it's not just a matter of reprogramming or just you know the garbage in, garbage out. I mean that's true. You put garbage in, you're going to get garbage out, and those kind of things that happen. But it's not just like a computer. You're actually creating something. You're creating neural pathways. In your brain. And part of what I'm going to talk about tonight is creating some neural pathways for success in life. On how to excel, how to be a winner in life. And if you get that pathway developed strongly in any area, then you can actually transfer it to some other areas. And we'll see how that works here in a few minutes. But the next verse on your outline there is is set your mind on the things above. For the mindset on the flesh, on sort of like our, our old nature, the way we used to think and what our body feels and what our body wants, it's set on the flesh. That's death. That'll lead to death. But the mindset on the spirit is life and peace. Mindset. The word set is a key word here in both of these verses. This has to do with your will. This is you making a decision to what to focus your mind on what to set your mind on, how to think about things, how to think about yourself, how to think about life, how to think about God, how to think about what God may be calling you to do in your life. Those things are just huge. So we want to do that. It has a lot to do with our faith because we get promises from God. If we set our minds on the promises of God, that's faith. And we move towards that. And we set goals based upon what we believe to be the right things to do. And whenever you set a goal towards something... It's sort of like a, a heat-seeking missile, and your mind kind of goes and looks for answers to that and, to, and to, to achieve that goal. It'll even be working, your subconscious mind will even be working at night when you're sleeping. If you have a goal, the right goal, you wake up in the morning thinking about it, you go to bed thinking about your goal, your mind will go to work at night, figuring out how to get there. Next morning you might come up with just a brilliant idea, and a next step, a next thing you can do to move towards that. It's just the brain is an amazingly powerful piece of equipment that God has given us, and the Bible has been telling this us all, all along. We just need to catch up. And basically, science is starting to catch up to the Bible. I don't know if it's ever going to make it, but it's beginning to catch up with the things that, are, that, are, that we're finding out in science all along. But uh, there's the life part of it, where it says the mindset and the spirit is life and peace. Life is energy. Life is power to do, to change. And you begin to experience that as your mind is set on the right things. Your life begins to change and move in those kinds of directions within you because it connects you with God. There's a God connection now between Him and His Spirit that He places to live inside of you, which then now helps you to have life and connection and new power that you never had before. And you'll see this transformation in your life as you begin to put these things into practice. But the mind set on the flesh is death. It separates you from God. It separates you from life and energy and the power to do what you really want to do. The next verse says, For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind, of self-control. Some verses say sound mind, some say self-control, some say discipline, but it's all that came to say same idea. But God has given us this spirit in the other verse there, says, the glorious riches of a mystery. There's a mystery that, that Paul talks about. It says, which is Christ in you? Christ, by his spirit, actually can live inside of the human being. And this is an amazing thing. And it opens up you to all kinds of new possibilities for your life, things you thought you could never do before. All of a sudden, you start to see new power, new spiritual gifts, new direction, new help from God to move and to do things that you never thought you could do before. And it helps you. Now look at this next slide. I, I think this is interesting. I got this from a pastor a friend of mine. There's kind of two lines in life. The top line there is the line of excellence. And the bottom line, the bottom black line there, is the, what I call the get-by line. And some people live their lives, most people actually live their lives, just above the get-by line. In their studies, they just kind of get by in their physical. Conditioning, they just kind of get by. They, they, Everything in their life, their relationship, they're, they're kind of get by people. And there's others that shoot for a few people, shoot for a line of excellence. They don't make perfection, but they really shoot for a higher standard, a higher level. And it makes, a, but then what happens is that problems come into our life and things happen and we fall off whatever line we kind of get to. And so what happens on this next one is that. The fall can be the same distance. You can have the same problems hit your life, the same illness, or the same you know, crisis in your family, or something like that happened to any of us, and it kind of gets us kind of off pace for a while. But if you've been living by the get-by line, guess what happens? All of a sudden, you're not getting by. <laughs> you're, you're, you're writing mom and dad and saying, I'm flunking out of school, because you were just getting by in your grades, you know what I mean? You got sick for two weeks, and now you're kind of, you're, you're not there. You're, you're physically just kind of barely staying healthy enough. But you get a little bit of cold, and all of a sudden you're out of it. I mean, just everything in life, it's, most people are that. And they're, so they're living in crisis. They're not getting by. They're having anxiety attacks, and they're having to take pills for it, and they're, they're just not working out. But over here in the top one, he has just as big a fall, but he's living at a higher level. He falls the same amount, but he's still getting by. He's still doing okay. This is what we need to be shooting for and looking for in our lives. The verse I'm going to mainly talk about and I'm going to break down tonight is this next one. It's in 1 Corinthians 9, 24 to 25. It says, Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may win. Everyone who competes in the games exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath but we, as Christians he's talking about, an imperishable. Now, notice in this verse that God is commanding us to run to win. To run in the way that you would succeed, that you would win. To shoot for that line of excellence. To do the best you can with the abilities and opportunities he's given you in your life. To put your whole heart and to move towards that. And you notice also he relates life as sort of a race. We're in this race, and it's going to require self-control to do well in this race. And he compares it to an athlete. And I've uh, had a lot of background in athletics, and my sons have done well in athletics in almost every, every sport they've been a part of, and, and that, that whole kind of thing is going on. But there's something about learning, some things you can learn from athletics can really help you in the Christian life. They aren't the end all, but they can help develop some neural pathways of some success ways same thing happens in music for those of you who are musical and something like that you ever get good at any one thing you get that pathway then you can kind of take that and you can add on to that kind of transfer following Christ onto that pathway and you'll excel much faster even in the Christian life this happened with the apostle paul he was excelling in his judaism he was a main leader as a young man he became a christian and all of a sudden he got on a new track he transferred all what he learned there in his leadership abilities and he became a great leader very fast In his, uh, same thing happened with uh, uh, many people we could talk about, but I won't go into too much more of that right now. But another thing I noticed about this verse, though, is that the athlete does it for temporary rewards. We're going to do it for imperishable rewards. I'll come back to that in a second. But he goes on in the passage. He says, therefore, because of what he said there, I, and he's talking about himself as an example of this. He was a very successful man, by the way. Apostle Paul, who wrote this, he said, Therefore, I run in such a way as not without aim. I box in such a way as not beating the air, but I discipline my body and make it my slave, so that after I have preached to others, I myself may not be disqualified. Notice there, goals. I, I, I run, I have an aim. I know where I'm going, I know what I'm doing, I have a purpose, I have a goal, I know where I'm headed. Um, and you notice also that choices are important here. I, I box. I make a choice to box. I put my strokes in life. I put my running in life. I put my, what I do in life to make it count. Every moment, every effort, it's moving towards a goal that I feel like, if you're a Christian, what God has for you, and you also you discipline your body. You actually choose to make your body do what you want it to do, and hopefully you want to do what God wants you to do. Okay, but you choose to put your body in that. Don't too many people take the opposite. They let their body rule them. Whatever they feel like doing that day, they follow their body. Their body is their master. No, that's not the way it works. You'll never move to success in any area of life, whether it's athletics, whether it's business, whether it's family, whether it's the Christian life by letting your body rule. You've got to master your body with the choices And for us to follow Christ in the race, that's important. So the first point on your outline is to make winning your goal. Start there. Make winning. Run in such a way that you might win. He wants us to win in life. Now, it talks about a race, but actually when I think about the Christian life and life in general, the way it's supposed to be, it's more than just one race. It's more like a decathlon or maybe a pentathlon Five, five, five big things that you have to get together. You got to get together your life and walk with God. If you're married, you got to get your your, your act together with your wife and your kids. If you have kids, you've got to get act together in in your business. You got to provide for yourself. You got to make that. You got to make that work. If you're a Christian, you're a part of the body of Christ. You need to make your ministry really work. You've got some big things, and you can't be really win God's race in life by being successful in one of those areas and then blowing it. In the other ones or even in any one of the other ones and this is what you see with great athletes many times they're great athletes they're successful in their business they're making millions of dollars pro athletes you know but then they're jerks have you ever noticed that and they're they're just the way they treat other people you've seen people that are some of the best musicians and dancers and stuff like that but then they're they're preying on little boys and girls in a sexual kind of way i mean they're really messed up in one area But they're successful in another area. But see, the Christian life, we need to be as as human beings, we need to be successful in the race of life, which means doing well and shooting at the line of excellence in many areas. The next slide is, I think, is well, before I get to that next slide, I want to talk about the parable of talents. It helps us understand about the success thing. Jesus told a parable one time, and he said that he there was a master who gathered three of his people in, and he says, I'm gonna give you. Some different amounts of, of money to do some work with. And it says, according to your ability, I'm going to give you five, and you three, and you one. Now I'm going to go away for a while. I'm going to see how you're going to do. And then you go away. Uh, he goes away, and he comes back, and he checks out what's went on. The one with five comes back. Master, you gave me five. Here's five more. Well done, good and faithful servant. You've done little with much, little, I'm going to give you much. The one with three, you gave me three. Here's three more. He also doubled it. He gets the same reward. Well done, good and faithful servant. Same, same words as to the one with five. Well done, good and faithful servant. You've done well with what I've given you. Here's more. Then the one with one comes. Ah oh, man. You are a hard taskmaster. I, I don't understand. So I just took that one I had and I just kind of buried it in the ground. You know, I did that get-by-line thing. I just buried it in the ground and I just didn't do much with it. And well, here it is. Here's my one back. Fear dominated me. I didn't take any risks. I didn't do anything. He's, and you know what he called the master called him? He says, You wicked, lazy slave. You're out of here, buddy. Yeah, this isn't this isn't what I'm wanting here, and and this is what God's looking for in our lives. He He gives different. Every one of in this room has been given different levels of ability. It's all different. Not even just one, three, and five. It's all the way up to 115. You know how many number of people here? Different levels of ability in different opportunities. You've been raised in different homes. You've been given different educational opportunities. All kinds of things. Different amounts of resources. But what what God wants for success is you to be faithful. With the opportunities and the ability that he has placed in your life to do the very best you can with what he's put before you in every important area of life. That's success. That's winning this race that we're talking about here. Does that make sense? He wants you to do I mean, some people, well, you know, it's it's being proud to try to be successful and try to win. No, no, I mean what'd you either have? Success or failure? <laughs> would, do, would you rather do well or do badly? Would you have get good grades or you get bad grades? Would you? I mean, I mean, no. God wants us. If He's got you doing something, He wants you to do well at what you're doing. He wants you to do the best you can with what He's given you. So don't, don't cop out with those kind of things. Anyway, the next little slide. I, I, I was wrestling with it myself. Let's see how much time's coming. Okay, how long do I have? About 15 minutes still. Good. I'm good. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to go too long here. Uh, I, I was wrestling this myself. This slide is a little different than the other one, but try to follow it if you can. Uh, down here, you have a baseline, and then you have the average person living a little bit kind of above baseline of how well they're doing in their life. And then you've got people who are not believers up here, uh, and it's human potential in various areas, and you have peak performers. You have people like Michael Jordan, who gets really up there and really peak, in basketball for sure, and he did pretty good in some business and other kind of stuff, too. He did good in several areas, um, but he's living at a high Peak level performance. But as a believer in Christ, we ought to be able to move even above human potential. Because, see, you have some supernatural potential. When you've got the Holy Spirit, when God's Spirit actually lives inside of you, there are some possibilities for you. That, and I think part of those possibilities is what helps you to get that balance to get all four of those areas going, all four or five major things going well in your life. Instead of just excelling in one thing, you're able to kind of put together the wisdom that helps you excel in all the areas that God has for you. Maybe not be perfect in all of them, maybe not be as good an athlete and, as, as somebody else, but because you've got the balance, because you're doing well in these different areas, there's something really special about what you're doing in your life glorifying God and you getting at the end of your life that well done and faithful servant. Does that sort of make sense? That kind of helped me to kind of sort it, sort out a little bit of the way to the way to think about that. Uh, in the Bible, you have some great examples of people who did well in a lot of areas of life. You've got Joseph in the Old Testament. You've got David, who was a shepherd, a very successful shepherd, killed a lion, killed a bear, took out Goliath. He was a great musician. He was a great warrior. He was a great king. He had a few slip ups if you've studied the story, but he basically was a man after God's own heart. He was spiritually connected to God most of the time. Uh, But David was a a great example of somebody in many areas of life having that. Daniel was like that way. Jesus was that way. He excelled. He he became strong. And as a human being, he became strong in wisdom and stature and favor with God and with man. He had that balance of, of all those things, doing very well in those, the Apostle Paul. Tim Tebow, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you have physical. He did well in the physical thing, but he's done well in, in the spiritual life. He's done well in relationships, as far as I know. He's has kind of put a lot of stuff together. I wouldn't put him in the same category as these guys, but <laughs> yeah. there. But you have you can see the examples of what I'm talking about there. Uh, a second thing, though, number two, is develop winning ways. Don't just shoot to win. Develop patterns that help you know how to win. Winning ways, winning methods. Get that wiring in your brain figured out so that you've got pathways. Show the the slide on that. This is brain connections. And and, and when you do something, anything, you you end up connecting these uh, brain cells together, and they become so you can really move quickly. To do things. So people who, who become really successful in like basketball, like a Michael Jordan let's say for instance, is that he has been wired up so good in the area of basketball that it's just a split second movement. He just He's just got it. He's just there. He's just wired now for basketball. Didn't. Did well in baseball. Not quite as well. He wouldn't have quite all the same wiring for baseball. But he went a long ways with that and did better than most people would even in another area because he had that wired up That kind of way, Um, for for myself, before I was a believer, I'm going to tell my testimony in a little while here. But uh, before I became a believer, I was into sports. Pole vaulting was my thing, and um, I got myself kind of wired up for pole vaulting. And I started on. My dad had been a champion pole vaulter in the state. My brother was, and then they started me when I was really young, and through junior high and then high school and. My freshman year, I kind of broke the school record from my older brother, ten years older. And then, then my sophomore year, I broke the county record. And then my junior year, I broke the state record. And, and then, and, and so I kind of I was really wired up for pole vaulting. I had those things kind of going in my brain, you know what I mean? And um, got me a college scholarship and some things like that, which was kind of it was kind of cool. But, uh, <laughs> but I wasn't a believer yet. It was one of those things that, it was one of those things that. That it was like the athlete who was who did well in an imperishable thing. You know, and that, that, even that year I won that state championship. It kind of really felt cool at that moment, but you know what? It, it was fleeting. It just went away really fast. <laughs> the next week, I had you know I'd be back out there and trying to go. I got to get the next thing, and I had more joy in going after the next height than even thinking about that past thing that I that, that I did. And that was part of what you learn you know, those kind of things. And then also my, my senior year when I was vaulting, the first track meet of the year, I, uh, I, I found out how important it was to be right in a lot of different areas in our life because I'd just broken up with my girlfriend the day before that track meet. And I went to the track meet, and I wasn't even doing the pole vault. I was doing the, doing the long jump. And I was doing the long jump, and my, that girl that I just broke up with came to meet. And I saw it out of the corner of my eye when I'm running down the runway full speed. And, and, and it, it messed me up. And I took off the board, first track meet. Hadn't even vaulted yet for the year. I'd won the state the year before. And took off the board. And I did the little hitch kick you do in a long jump. But I didn't make it all the way in the pit. and My, my leg got caught in this, in this kind of muddy sand that day. And it broke my leg. So I broke my leg through that distraction, <laughs> OK, and that kind, that kind of situation. And, uh, and, and that, what I, one thing I saw, I wasn't a believer yet. I hadn't even heard the gospel at this point. But what I what I realized is that anything you get in this temporary life can be taken away in a moment. You can live your whole life to get this perfect husband or perfect job or something like that, and the economy can, can collapse, or your your husband or wife can die. I mean, you know, I mean, th- things can just change like that. I mean, it really can. And so putting all your hopes on that and so i saw it Man, that's got me thinking there must be something more to life than just athletic fame and scholarships and stuff like that so look look at this there's a there's a a slide uh, i'll show here that i think will help you kind of showing how science is catching up to the bible in the rewiring of the brain it takes about a minute it's got to watch this hope you can hear it the words are on there too i think the human brain is a network of approximately 100 billion neurons. Different experiences create different neural connections which bring about different emotions. And depending on which neurons get stimulated, certain connections become stronger and more efficient, while others may become weaker. This is what's called neuroplasticity, someone who trains to be a musician, will create stronger neural connections that will link the two hemispheres of the brain in order to be musically creative. Virtually any sort of talent or skill can be created through training. Ruder-Gang, who was a self-admitted hopeless student, used to fail at basic math and went on to train his abilities and became a famous human calculator capable of performing extremely complex mathematics. Rationality and emotional resilience work the same way. These are neural connections that can be strengthened. Whatever you are doing at any time, you are physically modifying your brain to become better at it. Since this is such a foundational mechanism of the brain, being self-aware can greatly enrich our life experience. I wish I could talk like that too. I just got this off the internet. I don't don't know the guy or anything, but I have studied some things. What he's talking about is is pretty right on. You're you're actually changing and wiring the brain as you think about things, as you focus on something over and over again, you get a goal, you're good at doing something, you develop these strong neural pathways which can now help you in other areas of your life as well. But you really want to develop in the right areas. Yeah, it's it's an interesting thing. Uh, Did you know that wild lions... Have a bigger brain than do lions in the zoo? You ever wonder why? Well, they have to use their brains more. (laughs) In the wild, you gotta think, you gotta survive, you gotta catch your food. It's not just delivered to you on a plate. You gotta do it. And by exercising the brain, by having to use it, and using it and working it hard, you actually develop it like a muscle. You should be working on developing this muscle. That's the most, and most, most important muscle in your whole body. And your mind can cause your brain to get stronger. By thinking the right things, by deliberate practice, by focusing on the right stuff and doing the right things, you can actually grow your brain. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Some of us that feel like we have a little drain damage, maybe from college. Drugs or something like that. That gives me a lot of hope now that something can be put together here. Uh, but um, the next the next point there is exercise self control in all things. This is a big thing that Paul emphasized. He says everyone who competes in the games and exercise. He's talking about an Olympic kind of thing, an early form of that. Exercise self control in all things, and this is talking about diligence. It's a key to winning in any area of life, and. It really needs to be in all areas. If you really want to excel, even in a sport, you've got to get it together mentally. You've got to be mentally into it. You've got to be emotionally into it. You've got to be physically, of course, into it. You've got to have your relationships right not be looking at that girlfriend that you just broke up with while you're doing long jump. (laughs) Things like that. You've got to... um, Broke up with me, I think it was. It wasn't me breaking up with her. One of those bummers. But anyway... uh, uh, the next, the next, the next slide though kind of goes along with this. This is what is happening in the brain. This is a close-up of the brain, and this is a, this is a, a a neuron. I guess you would call that. I don't know all the terminology for all this stuff. But the wrapping, this is called myelin, and every time you do something, you put a little wrap of myelin around that little neural pathway thing that's going on there. And you do it again. You put another little layer on it, and another one, and another one, and another one. And it's like insulation. And the more myelin you have on your neural pathways, the faster the electricity moves from one to the other. That's why somebody who's really good at something can just do it with almost automatically without even thinking. It just kind of, you know, these great athletes, these musicians that can just kind of—they have it all wired up to know just how to hit that those notes just right. And it just kind of comes, you know. It's because they're very well myelinated, <laughs> okay? And it, 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 to me, things like that motivate me to, to work on things that are important and to get some things work on and, and to be wholehearted in what I'm doing. Um, there, um, the next verse is one that we mentioned before. It says, but I discipline my body. And make it my slave, Paul was saying, so that, after I preach to other, I might not be disqualified. But I want to focus on the discipline of the body for a second. Um, The literal words there, mean, is kind of beat your body into shape. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you don't literally beat yourself, but you actually put your body into doing what you want it to do, which, again, if you're a Christian, hopefully it's what God wants you to do. You're trying to do God's will, fulfill God's calling in your life. But you're going to do that. And so don't just... Kind of just go through life following your heart. <laughs> wherever your heart was, wherever you feel like doing, that, that's, that's a good way to just kind of go off a cliff <laughs> if you just follow the heart. There's a verse I'm going to look at in a minute It says, There's a way that seems right, feels right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Maybe like the lemons, you're just going right off a cliff. Uh, lemmings. Lemons? Did I say lemons? Either one. They're about the same. Uh, about the same thing. Uh, anyway. Discipline, uh, I want to show you a picture. Look at this next picture. This is my son, Joseph. <laughs> Joseph just met me in Mongolia about a month ago, and I was do- training some pastors there, and he kind of helped me with that. And uh, he's, he's a dedicated missionary in, in East Asia right now, uh, but he's also a dedicated runner. And in Mongolia, in February, it was 30 below zero. But guess what Joseph, dedicated runner, did early in the morning before we started our training sessions. He's out running for an hour and 30 below zero until the ice is caking up from his sweat on his eyelashes. (laughs) But, but But the same guy, just a few weeks, months before that, first time he ever did a marathon... 6,000 people in the marathon, he got like number 10 out of 6,000. He's 32 years old. And, uh, but, but, but he also, he's learned some things there and that, and he has to actually transfer into a lot of areas in his life. And um, so that's pretty cool. But it takes discipline, and it's not easy. What we're talking about here, if you want to succeed, the only, the only place where winning comes before work is in the dictionary. <laughs> That's the only place. <laughs> I mean, you got to mark, mark it down. You've got to work hard if you want to get myelinated. <laughs> you want to get it coded. You want to function well in whatever you're doing. Your business, your, your, your math, your schoolwork, your, your athletics, your Christian life, your memorizing scripture, your whatever you're doing. You've got to work at it, and you've got to make it a, a, a motivation you know, a thing in your life. Um, the, the next point is you have to make sure you're running the right race. This is where uh, Paul says, They do it to receive a perishable grief, but we an imperishable. Now, what he's talking about is kind of what I live for. In the first 20 years of my life, till I was in college, sophomore year in college, I lived basically for athletics and the fame and maybe the girls that would get the result of the athletics. You know, there's a few other things mixed in there. But it was mainly athletics was gonna my ticket to glory and significance in my life. So I put a lot of I thought about it, went to bed thinking about it. I'd I'd be out playing basketball or working out or something like that in the cold and sleet and barefoot in the snow. You know how that is. I'll have the whole story. But anyway But I would I would Work hard at it because that was my goal. And, you know, I succeeded in that. And there was some, there was some positive things from that. But it really was just a, a perishable reef. It wasn't the imperishable. And I saw that. I found out how that would uh, happen when I broke my leg and those kind of things. But I was at this college meeting. It was a, actually a group smaller than this at the University of New Mexico where I was, I was vaulting for them at the time. And uh, they, I heard the gospel for the first time. Somebody shared about Jesus Christ and how He could come into His Spirit, come into your life. How He could forgive your sins, He could change your life. And I'd never heard that before. I came up to the leader afterwards and I asked him some questions. I'm a guy, I'm one of the that guy always got questions. <laughs> what about this? What about that? You know. And um, uh, he gave me some intelligent answers. And I had really sensed a warmth and love among the people in the group. And so he gave me a little booklet called "The Four Spiritual Laws." I don't know if you ever heard of that before. So it's a gospel presentation. I took it home that night, read through it six times. Finally, got through to me. Maybe got enough, enough times it went across there and made enough of a, a, a mollified connection by going over six times that I finally got the gospel, understood what Jesus could do for us, and I accepted Christ in my life. First, first night I ever heard the gospel. I, and I, God had prepared me, though, because I remember two weeks before that meeting, I looked in the mirror and I told myself, John, there's something rotten way down inside of you. And there's nothing you can do about it. I told myself that. I didn't know to call it sin. I just knew it was messing me up inside. It was messing up my relationships. And it needed to be changed. <laughs> and Christ was the one that said that he could change it the deepest part of my heart. He did a new covenant. He put a new spirit and a new heart within me to make me want to do what is right. And I said, okay, I'll give that a try. I said, I, didn't know. I don't know if there's a God. I said, if you're God, if, if God, you're there, and this is real, I want to give it a try. I'll follow Jesus. I'll ask him in. I gave it a try. But right away, a transaction took place, and my heart started to change. I mean, I literally stopped wanting to do the drugs, to do the wrong things I was doing with other people, to stop the fighting. These things just, just began to just fall away. It wasn't like I have to stop to kind of reform my life. I wanted to stop. I wanted to change from the inside out. This is the new covenant. This is what Jesus does. This is what the Spirit of God does when you give your life fully to him. He will show himself to you, and he'll change your heart. And so that's what happened to me. And that's been 44 years ago, something like that. Uh, even more not that, let me see, 47 years, ouch. Uh, <laughs> uh, years ago, the best decision I ever made in my life uh, to do that. No question about it seeing what God has done since then, people coming to Christ, seeing my own sons walking with God and doing great things like this. This is just can't be a better joy than that. And, uh, but uh, I would just, don't run the wrong race, okay? Uh, make sure you have it. There are a couple of verses on that. Uh, uh, it says, the, this next, uh, it says the next verse on the thing, go ahead and pull it on up there. It says, more than that, I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing knowledge, uh, the, the surpassing value of knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them but rubbish in order to gain ki- Christ. So all that Paul had done in his success in the past, he counted as rubbish compared to knowing Christ, experientially knowing Christ. That is the most important thing. In life, in doing that. And he goes on in that same passage and he says this in the next verse. He says, uh, Not that I've already obtained it, kind of as moving on to his goal. And this, this is at the later part of his life. He might have been about my age. Um, not that I've already attained it or I've already become perfect, but I press on that I may lay hold of that which I have laid hold of by Christ Jesus. Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind in reaching forward to what lies ahead. See, the key to success in life is not dwelling in the past, in your past glories and what you've done, how cool you were in high school. No, you've got to look at now. You've got to look to the next thing that you're into, where you're going and what's happening with the next part of your life. You've got to look to the future and to put together now what you need for them and forgetting what lies behind, but reaching, reaching forward. And this, this, this is the idea here, reaching forward uh, to what lies ahead. It's kind of like run that last lap, all out. Stretch for the tape. Go to win. I mean, that, that's what he's saying. Strain to go after whatever God has called and put on your life to do. He says, and he goes on to say in the next verse, uh, pa, uh, slide there, uh, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let us, therefore, as many as are perfect, have this attitude. And if in anything you have a different attitude, get by line attitude. <laughs> not stretching forward to the thing, not really going after Christ, not really going after uh, winning in life, uh, doing the best you can. Uh, God will reveal that to you. Brethren, join in following my example and observe those who walk according to the pattern that you have in us. They had seen his life. They saw the dedication. They saw what he had done, and that would became the goal in that. he. One other thing I'll, I'll do, and I'm going to wrap up here with this, is this, he, in the next verse it says, "For though in this is the same context, is that a main passage about the winning in life? He says, "Though I am free and belong to no man, to no one, um, I have made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. Now, for a believer like Paul, winning has a lot to do with helping others come to know Christ. Now all them different gifts. You may not be church planters like the Apostle Paul was. You may not even be campus minister planters like Paul over here is. But, but, but you can be a part of the Great Commission. God has given you gifts and abilities. He wants you to use them to move his kingdom forward by helping other people come to know Christ. All working together as a team. And it is a team. It's a relay race. We're not all have the same thing. We're not all bringing and breaking the tape, but we'll all have a part of the race. We're all like we watched a movie the other night called, what is it, Jumanji or something like <laughs> that? Jumanji. And uh, one of the themes in that movie, was a good theme, is that if you're going to succeed and, you know, rescue the world or rescue, get out of the game, I guess, on that game, is that all four guys had to work together, but they had all very different gifts, right? You had the brave guy. You had the map reader guy. You had the backpack carrying all the stuff guy. He had some some cute lady that could kick people in the face. And you had all kinds of of gifts that you definitely have. (laughs) But but they all had to use their gifts and work together as a team in order to accomplish the goal. That's the way it is in the body of Christ. There's no such thing as a loner Christian that's gonna do well. You're, You're a part of a body. You're a part of challenge. You can be a part of this. You can be a vital part of this if you put your heart and soul and mind into it, and you can, your gifts can be used. We don't. You might not know what it is. We might not. Paul might not know what they are right now, but this, we can figure that out. We can help. And they can help you to figure that out and to put those into practice as you're moving towards that. There's one. But the danger of just following your own heart in following the crowd is demonstrated by this next video. But the the point of that is is that. We go through life so often unthinkingly, just following our heart, following what other people are doing, what other students think is cool, and we just kind of follow right along. And there's a very scary verse that's, 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 that's there on the screen. It says, there's a way that seems right to a man, but it's way, the way of death. It, it's eventually it's going to take you off a cliff. You need to, you need to wake up. Think about what you're doing and make some right goals and right commitments, and it starts with Jesus Christ. So make every point count. Every choice you make, number five, count. He says, therefore, I run in such a way so as not without aim. I box in such a way so as not beating the air. You see, your choices are very important. Every choice you make, every action you take is very vital to moving on and making the most out of the opportunities that God's given you, the abilities He's given you, to be faithful with what He's given you. And I would just encourage you this, is learn to do all that you feel like God wants you to do. Learn to do it with all of your heart. And that means, by the way, not just challenge with all of your heart, those you challenge but also your schoolwork. <laughs> okay? Do it with all your While you're putting your study time in, put your study time in and Focus on it. Learn to focus and don't get distracted with anything else and get it and get it done and do it right and then move on to the next thing. That's the way you function best, uh, the way the brain works. You, you, know, you, you know, actually, it's, true, it's not true that you can do multitasking. People think they can multitask, but technically, you can't. You can't text and drive. You, you can do it at the same time, but it's dangerous. But see, the brain doesn't really do two things at once. It only does one thing at a time and it's just some of you are really good at switching back and forth real fast. <laughs> and you think you're doing two things at once because you're switching back and forth. But when you switch out of something and you have to switch back into it, even in microseconds, it takes you twice as long than if you stayed focused on the one thing. When you're, when you're going back and forth, it takes you longer because you have to figure out where you were last. you got to pick up and you've got to get back into it. And you got to go back in. So you're better off doing your homework and just focus hard on it and get it done and work on hard. You're working at your Taco Bell job. Do the best Taco Bell job you can possibly do and do it with all of your heart, with all of your soul. Be the best taco flopper or whatever you are <laughs> that you possibly can be. <laughs> because just even in, even in flopping tacos, you, you, are, you are building neural pathways for success. You follow me? You're you're, you're building something. You're doing something. You're building a winning way. That's why the Bible says, do whatever you do, do it with all of your heart. That's why God says, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and all of your strength. Whatever you do, put your all into it. Make sure it's the right thing to do. But if it's the right thing to do, put your all into it. Go for it. Make it happen. Balance those things. And you will find yourself doing well. I would say... Go all, go all out with a whole heart, whatever you're doing. If you want to build a bigger brain, which is a good goal, go all out with a full heart. Go for it. Work on it. Last verse, Hebrews 13. It says, Now the God of peace, who brought, who brought up from the dead the great shepherd of the sheep. That's Jesus, and that's about his resurrection from the dead. That's what he's talking about here. Through the blood of the eternal covenant, Jesus' death on the cross, and this eternal covenant that he's setting up between God and man to give us a new heart, to put his spirit within us, to make us want to do what's right from the core of our being. That's the new covenant. But notice what it says. It says, even Jesus, our Lord, equip you, every one of you, this is my prayer for you, equip you uh, in every good thing to do his will, working in us, you and I and all of us, that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Jesus Christ wants to equip you To do those good things that He made you to do, He created you to do. He wants to help you to fulfill that and to do well, to win your race in life. Make it your goal, go for it. He will give you the grace, the inner desire to do what is right, and the power to do the discipline and get the icy eyelashes. (laughs) But whatever you've got to do to make that happen and to and to develop that success patterns in your life. So my prayer is that you would run in life this race that God's put you but with your whole heart, everything he laid out to you. With endurance, keep after it. Work hard at it. Lay aside every encumbrance, any sin that's holding you back, anything that's weighting you down, and focus on what he's got for you. Make sure it's the right race, though, because you don't want to spend your whole life being a great ladder climber and find out at the end it's leaning against the wrong building. Okay? The ladder of success that a lot of people are climbing is not the right, not not leaning against the right building. Make sure it's the right one. And learn as much as you can. Train yourself. Get those winning ways kind of going in your life. Let's let's have a prayer as we close. Lord, I thank you for each student that's here tonight. I pray that you would help them to to know what you're Calling them to do, we know that a big part of that is is experientially knowing Jesus Christ. But then you've also given them unique gifts and abilities. Pray that they know how to use those to fulfill the calling you have uniquely on their lives. How to work together with uh, the body of Christ and work together with other people in a way that their full potential can their full potential can be realized. And at the end of their lives, they would get a well done good and faithful servant. Thank you.